this is Pastor Daryl Beggs. You're listening to Sunday Morning Sermons from Central Baptist Church in Hillsboro, Texas. Thanks for joining us, and God bless you. Our message series is Jesus is Better, and we know that, don't we? He is the ultimate fulfillment. He is the one who is fulfilling the promises of the angels who came and proclaimed good news when Jesus came. He is the one who's fulfilling the prophecies of Moses about God raising up someone like himself who would intercede for his people. He is the one who has fulfilled the law of Moses and brought us life through his own sacrifice, his perfect life and his sacrificial death. He is the one who's coming again. Jesus is better. Uh, The Hebrew people who had trusted in Jesus were in danger of going back. They were having difficult times. And so the whole book of Hebrews is encouraging them to move forward, to keep going, to never, ever, ever give up. And so today's message is called A Better Staying Power. Do you have staying power? When things get tough, can you keep going? Can you keep moving forward? If you look it up in the dictionary, you find a lot of definitions, but I like this one. It says, if you have staying power, you have strength or determination to keep going until you reach the end of what you're doing. Life has its ups and downs. Is that right? Especially if you're in the elevator business. But life has its ups and downs. I read a story about a guy who jumped out of an airplane for the first time by himself. He had his parachute on. He was on his way down. He pulled the cord and nothing happened. He was looking for another cord to pull. There was no other cord. But the strangest thing happened on his way down. Another guy passed him on the way up. And he yelled at the guy and he said, do you know anything about parachutes? And the guy said, no. Do you know anything about gas stoves? Life has lots of ups and downs. And one of the dangers of the Christian life is just to give up and go back into sin. Just go back to sinning. Why commit yourself? But you know what? If you're really a Christian and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, that's a miserable life. And a lot of us have been there, right? You've been there. How many of you have been a Christian and tried to go back off into some of the things you used to do and it was okay for a little while, but then there was just misery, misery. It's just sickening. It just, you know who that is? That's God loving you enough not to leave you there. But you can do that. You can try that. Matter of fact, some of you may be trying that right now. And you're going to be miserable until you get back where God wants you to be. But the other thing you can do is you can just try to give up. In this, in this case, in this case, listen, someone put it this way. In this case, we don't take for granted the privileges of the Christian life. Instead, we lose sight of the fact that they are for us. God has given us these things that we might live for Him. We do recognize the seriousness of our responsibility to God. In fact, we take our responsibility so seriously that we're overwhelmed by it. You ever feel that way? You're not trying to go out and live in sin. You're trying to live for God, but you feel overwhelmed. There seems to be so many responsibilities and so many things that He asks us to do. And, and so you're letting that overwhelm you. So how do I get a better staying power without going back off into sin and being miserable or trying in my own power and flesh to do everything to please God. How do I have staying power? Well, to have staying power, there's some things we have to remember. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. First of all, we have to remember victories won. Verse 32, look at chapter 10, Hebrews verse 32. It says, but remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of sufferings. 
after being enlightened, what does that mean? That means after being saved. It means after Jesus came into your heart, your life, and made the difference in who you are. It's that time when you were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's that time when you're emboldened to stand up in the face of conflict. And it didn't bother them one whit at that time because they were so filled, so full of joy, so full of boldness that nothing could stop them. But we all know that if we don't maintain our relationship with God, those feelings can wane and fade, and we get to saying, woe is me. (laughs) And so he says, remember how you stood up. Another translation says, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. They were willing to suffer reproach and persecution, even to the point of losing their possessions. Listen to this. Someone has said an effective way to fortify people against future trials is to remind them of the courage they displayed in past ones. Most of us have been through stuff. I'm pretty sure anybody who's lived any amount of time has gone through something difficult. You've been in a valley, but you came out the other side. And so he's saying, hey, when you get in the fix again, remember where you were before that God brought you along, sometimes slower maybe than you thought he should, But in God's timing, He brings you out on the other side. That ought to be our attitude. Uh, Y'all remember Emmett Smith? He used to play for the Dallas Cowboys when they were a professional football team. He, uh, (laughs) Emmett holds two records, two records. Now, most of us know what the first one is. He is the all-time leading rusher in the National Football League. As a matter of fact, he ran for 18,355 yards. That's more than anybody has ever run. That is over three miles, getting close to four. That's a long way to run holding a football. But the second record he holds is he was tackled more than any running back in history. He was knocked down 4,306 times. And if you know him and if you ever watched him, you know that every time he got knocked down, he got up and said, is that all you got? And he did it again. That's the attitude that we need to have as Christians, isn't it? Remember the old hymn, Come Thou Found of Every Blessing? In the second verse it says, Here I raise mine Ebenezer. You think, what is an Ebenezer? What does this have to do with Scrooge? I, I don't know. But if you look it up in the Bible over in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 7, this huge Philistine army was coming bearing down on the Israelites, and they didn't know what to do, but Samuel prayed. Those three words are powerful words, but Samuel prayed. And God intervened, and he scared the Philistines, and they had a great victory that day. And so Samuel raised up this big stone, and he called it a stone of Ebenezer. And the word Ebenezer means stone of help. So that every time they passed back by that stone, they remembered that there was a day when they felt threatened, and they felt they couldn't overcome. But God raised up help. Samuel prayed, and the Lord intervened. You've got some Ebenezers, don't you? You've been through some difficult days. You've got some times when it looked like it, things just weren't going to pan out. But somehow, some way, God worked that out, didn't he? And you've got a stone of help there to look back on and say, hey, I've been through things before. And if God has seen me through before, he can see me through again. Amen? And that's what The the writer of Hebrews is telling them, first of all, remember your past victories. And secondly, remember the relationships shared, relationships that you shared. In verses 33 and 34, look at verse 33. 
partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. Another translation says that other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. Do you know somebody that walked by your side when you were going through something difficult and when you look back and you say, thank God. Thank God that He put so-and-so or such-and-such into my life just at the right time, just at the moment when I needed them. I couldn't have made it without them. Remember when you stood side by side, he said, they had shown sympathy for the people who had been in prison. They had suffered their property loss. Can you imagine going home today and the police being out in your front yard and they've got a big trailer and they're hauling all your stuff off and you know you made the payments. So it's not a repo, man. It's, they're just hauling your stuff off and you say, hey, what's going on here? And they say, we are taking everybody's stuff who is crazy enough to be a Christian, and you just happen to be one of those crazy Christians, and you're not going to have anything else to, after today until you give up that foolishness. They suffered the loss of their possessions, but the Scripture says they did it gladly. But not only did they do that, but they, they were willing to even sympathize with those who were in prison and even be imprisoned with them. They were made out of some really strong stuff, weren't they? I mean, incredibly strong stuff, but it was because of those relationships. And now they were in danger of casting aside that confidence and going back. Someone has said that the greatest truth of Christian life is that we don't have to face life alone. We know that, don't we? We have the gift of the person of the Holy Spirit, but we also have brothers and sisters who also have the same gift who hold us up on either side. You remember the story when the Israelites were fighting the Amalekites and Moses stood on the mountain and he lifted up the staff of God. And while he lifted that staff, the Israelites prevailed, but his hands got weary and tired and he began to sink down and the Amalekites began to prevail. And so Aaron came on one side and Hur came on the other and they lifted up his hands and held them until the sun went down and the Israelites prevailed. That's a picture of the Christian life. It's a picture of you and I when we're so weary that we can't hold our hands up that someone comes along and says, I will be your Aaron and I will be your Hur and I will help you. I will be there for you. What an incredible story. There was a rather cruel and experiment that was carried out by Emperor Frederick, who was emperor of the Roman Empire in the 13th century. He decided he wanted to know what was the original language, and he figured it had to be either Hebrew, Greek, or Latin. So he decided to take babies and isolate them, that no one would ever speak to them. They would have nurses and caretakers, but they were forbidden to speak to them, and, and they made a covenant, a pact, that they would not speak to them. Can you imagine as as people taking care of babies, especially mother figures, not being able to speak, but they held, their, they held their commitment and they never spoke to them. And eventually, instead of those babies beginning to talk, they never said a word. You know what eventually happened to them? It's a terrible story. They all died. Why? Because they didn't have someone to talk to, someone to hold up their hand, someone to be there for them. And so... The writer to the Hebrews said, hey, 
remember. Remember those who you shared with. There's an old poem called Drop a Pebble in the Water. And one of the, uh, one of the lines of that, one of the stanzas is, Drop a word of cheer and kindness, just a, just a flash and it is gone. But there's a half a hundred ripples circling on and on and on, bearing hope and joy and comfort on each splashing, dashing wave till you wouldn't believe the volume of the one kind word you gave. It may not be in a big battle where you have to hold up somebody's arm. It just may be going by somebody and patting you on the back and saying, I love you, I'm praying for you. Whatever you need, I'm here. Just a word can make such a difference. I'm not one of these guys that believe you can just speak something, it'll happen. Try jumping out of an airplane without a parachute and speaking that. I, that doesn't work. That's, that's trying to make God into a genie. But I am a person who believes that the biblical notion of encouraging one another is true and that we need to be positive with one another. But the third thing is, remember your reward. Look at the end of verse 34. It says, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, a better and lasting possession. It reminds us that God's not through with us yet. No matter what happens, he's not through. No matter what happens, if today I lose my life, God's not through, is he? Isn't that the, one of the most glorious things about the Christian life? If today something happens, if I step in front of a truck or something, or I don't know, that's a silly, but anything could happen. But today, if that happens, I won't miss you tomorrow. I'll be in a much better place. I will be in a place where that can never happen to me again because I was foolish. I will have a reward. The secret of victory was in faith and patience. They needed to persevere. And that was the theme of the book of Hebrews. Keep going, don't give up. And at that time, they were able to endure because they knew better things were coming. The word better means superior in quality and reality. I want to read to you a, a, a little uh, section of a paper. Now, some of you are visiting, many of you, several of you are visiting, and we're so glad to have you. Uh, some of you may not know that my wife and I, our youngest daughter, went home to be with Jesus. She had a car wreck when she was 18 years old. But it seems like all of her life she had a fixation on heaven. And she wrote this for her English class when she was 16 years old. She said, everyone at one point has longed for something more than this world. It seems that most have sensed some kind of alternate realm that is genuinely where we belong. This longing comes from heaven, otherwise known as our true home. Upon arriving, we will no longer be limited by these earthly bodies, but we will receive new, flawless, heavenly bodies in which all senses will be restored and perfected. The freshly tested ears will be captivated by sweet melodic voices resounding from the lips of immortal beings. Newly tried nostrils will inhale the sweet sensation of splendor and dreamlike atmosphere more refreshing than golden sunshine after a spring shower. However, realistically, who could ever portray the smooth touch of impeccable gold foundation beneath bare, faultless skin? How can the most appealing gourmet meal even compare to the mouth-watering feast he has prepared at his banqueting table? Still, no mere mortal could ever dream of the ultimate phenomenon of undergoing the presence 
of the one who breathed life into dust, shining brilliantly like blazing white fire. All the wonder of breathtaking surroundings will progressively fade when supreme contentment is found in eternally delighting ourselves in wholeheartedly glorifying the name of Jesus Christ. That's heaven. That's where we're headed. And he says, when you're tempted to give up, when you're tempted to go back into sin, remember your reward. But notice one more thing. Remember that time is short. Look at verse 36. For you have need of endurance, so that you have done, when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one, the just ones, shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those. Listen, brothers and sisters, Christians, we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. He who is coming will come and will not delay. This goes all the way back to Habakkuk chapter 2 when they were going through difficulty and Habakkuk was protesting that why would God allow this? And Habakkuk said, hang in there. The just, the people who sure enough believe in me, as we put it in Texas language, will live by faith. The just will live by faith. This is the theme of the next few chapters as we're going to look at them in the next couple of weeks. But also notice here this word. It says... Uh, we are not of those who shrink back to destruction in verse 39. It's also translated perdition in another place. This word in the New Testament is interesting. Tune in for me just for a minute. We're going to be finishing up, but, but you'll be blessed by this. Listen to this. It is also translated perish, die, and destruction, and waste in Matthew uh, chapter 26. Warren Wiersbe said, the word can mean eternal judgment, but it need not in every instance. He says, I personally believe that waste is the best translation for this word in Hebrews 10.39. A believer who does not walk by faith goes back into the old ways and waste his life. Do not waste your life is what he's saying. Keep striving, keep moving, keep climbing. Don't ever give up. Living by faith is better than going to church. Living by faith is better than fulfilling rituals. Living by faith is better than doing my Christian duty. Living by faith is a journey that I take with my Savior through the hills and the valleys until I see Him face to face. That's what he says. C.S. Lewis was an agnostic before he came to Christ and God used that magnificent man to write so many wonderful things. How many of you read the Chronicles of Narnia? A lot of you have. If you haven't, you should. But listen to what he said about the return of Christ. He says, God is going to invade this earth in force. For this time, it will be God without disguise, something so overwhelming that it will strike either irresistible love or irresistible horror into every creature. It will be too late then to choose your side. That will not be the time for choosing. It will be the time when we discover which side we have really chosen and whether we realized it before or not. Which side have you chosen? Have you chosen Christ? 
Do you know that He lives within you? And that one day, when your time comes, you will step into that glorious presence. If you don't, you can know that today. Well, how do I know that? Well, it's pretty simple. The Scripture says so. The Scripture says that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him shouldn't perish, but shall have eternal life. The Scripture says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody, you, me, everybody, even your grandma who's a saint. All of us. The Scripture says that the wages of sin is death, which means eternal separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Scripture says that God demonstrated His love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And the Scripture says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So by simply calling out to Him and saying, Lord, I need You. I'm a sinner. Come into my heart and life. Be my Savior. I want to follow You. I can tell you on the authority of God's Word and the promise of God that He will. And there's a whole bunch of people in here that can tell you the same thing. Amen? He's good to be that way. Do you have staying power as a Christian? Remember. Remember the victories that you've won. You've gotten knocked down, but you've gotten up again. And through the power of Christ, you can say, is that all you got? You can keep going. Remember the relationships shared. We need each other and share encouragement. As a matter of fact, I want you and me, I want to give us all an assignment. You find someone that you can encourage this week, whether it's a phone call or something you say or a, a note that you write, you find somebody to be an encouragement to this week. Remember your reward. Keep looking up. Heaven is your real home. And remember that time is short. So whatever choice you need to make, you need to make it right now. Amen.